Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Hey, I'm podcasting here. You know comedy legend Jerry Stiller, who passed away last year and it really fucking bummed me out, is mostly remembered for his role as Frank Costanza on Seinfeld or as Arthur Spooner on King of Queens. But Jerry Stiller was kicking ass way before those roles. He first got on the map as part of the comedy duo Stiller and Mara with his wife Ann Mara, who he was married to for 60 damn years until her passing in 2015. Some bitch that was one hell of a marriage. The man was a goddamn legend and through most of it he sported one hell of an amber mustache. That is why we are honoring him as Rico Patron! In 1974's The Taking of Pelham 123, a movie named so goddamn long it sounds like a song title of some random-ass post-hardcore band from 2004. Now let's head to our jobs where usually nothing happens, take some Asian businessmen on a tour of our facility and insult them along the way, put a few broads in their place, and make sure we take some Claritin-D before we decide to hijack a train because it's 1974, motherfuckers, and we don't give a damn, 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 now play that shit theme song. Holy shit, all right. It's the Mustachio Podcast, you, we're ready for the show. We'll watch moves, we'll make jokes, and then we'll all go home. Navigating the legendary hairy upper lips, it's the Mustachio Podcast, you. Welcome to the Mustachio Podcastio. I am your host, Daniel J. Segura, and today I welcome a couple of wonderful knuckleheads to the show. They are the hosts of the Solid Six Podcast. Everyone likes a Solid Six, and if you don't like that, well, you know, it's the average size, and I'm okay with that. Welcome to the show, Allison DeGrazio, Josh Griffith, and Brady Detective John Kimball to the show. What is up, guys? Hello. Hey, how's, how's it going? going? Pretty good. Just hold on. Let me get a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought you were a singer in a punk band. <laughs> it's been a while, man. It's been a while. In his late 30s Can you now, imagine right? a punk band where you could, they only lasted like five minutes? It's like, well, that's all for the show. That's oh, a lot I, of shows. That was, yeah. That's <laughs> a lot of hardcore <laughs> scene in New York. That's like 10 minutes. <laughs> Everyone's songs are like 30 seconds long. Yeah. Yeah, one time, I remember we were playing a show, and uh, the last band, for some reason, canceled it in the last minute. It was something like their van couldn't they just couldn't get the get the van going so they just were a no-show so the owner of the venue says guys there's no one else here like there's no other band here to play y'all gonna have to play for another hour we played for almost two hours that is not what hardcore punk is supposed to do like do you had enough material to play for two hours we did well we started playing covers then we started to just like just kind of fuck around (laughs) i think at some point i sang the abcs but just screaming i'm sincerely Um, blown away yeah, that's when awesome. Daniel accidentally birthed his prog emo side project. Everything just got slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Can we just take our time now? Like, do we have to have a, every song be like one minute and ten seconds? Can we mm-hmm. just extend it a little bit? Um, yeah, thank y'all so much for for joining me on talking of uh, the ta- the ta- talking of the taking of Pelham one two three. But before we get all that going on and we start digging into this. Could um, one of y'all or all three of y'all tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, sure. So basically, <laughs> we're, uh, we were, we we're, were choosing. We are three friends, and we uh, have uh, we pick a double feature around a common theme that we think is going to be good for a fun conversation. Uh, hosting duties rotate. We like to go a little bit 
more um we like to combine our movies with like a greater context like what does it mean in the world uh the movies vary quite a bit last couple series that we did uh let's see well i won't talk about allison's you can talk about mine allison well yeah, I'm currently doing um, a Beauty is Pain and the big, what did I call it? It's not Beauty is Pain. Fountain of Youth. Whatever. We're doing the Fountain of Youth series. <laughs> so basically I'm talking about just women that go mad trying to stay young forever. So it's pretty campy. Uh, we were doing like uh, the Rejuvenatrix and we're going to be doing Death Becomes Her this week uh, versus, oh, yeah. Yeah, versus Brady's like highfalutin picks that he does all the time except for Santa Claus. Whatever the fuck that was. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I feel like I'm mis- being mis- mischaracterized here. If you looked at like a D&D character chart, I'm like chaos good. That's, That's true. all. Like whatever. So if you did highfalutin, I would do lowfalutin or no, <laughs> nofalutin. There's no falutin here. I just, I just respond, you know, with the counter jab. What is Josh? I'm probably the most... the Super Bowl on Sunday. Sorry, just trying to keep the guys that just like sports on, on the show. Keep <laughs> <laughs> go Bengals! <laughs> yeah, go Bengals! <laughs> Was that, that how Bengals? Bengals sound? Uh... <laughs> sound like a nice chilled glass of Chardonnay. Or was that a cougar, bitches? <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm so sorry. Keep going. Oh my god, let's go. <laughs> so, uh, where did y'all meet? Like uh, college or something? Good uh, guess. Well, so Josh and I are sexually intertwined. Correct. Fuck yeah. And um, we met on Bumble. Yes, we did. Yes, oh, we did. Yeah, that's where I met my current, um, you know, person of, that puts up with me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I posted a very unattractive photo of myself, which grabbed Josh's attention. Uh, and it's been magic ever since. And um, I was the local bartender in our, in our little watering hole, which is where uh, Brady and I met. She serviced my uh, alcoholic needs. Yeah. Along yes. with the rest of our little section of Portland. Yeah. I've made many the friend doing the very same thing, Brady. Good. Yeah, I think it's the best way to go because they, they see you at your lowest points. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and vice versa. I mean, how, how often do you see me at work? And I was just like, I'm going to kill this bitch. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I live my life on two sides of the coin because I'll go to like kind of a, a – kind of beer hole where i'll just mm-hmm. hang out and it's dingy that's and my it's stage fun name. and we just yell yeah beer hole <laughs> because then i'll go to like really really nice bars because i also like to i don't know i i don't know if y'all know this about me but i love to wear suits i love to like dress nice like to wear vintage suits yeah. so i'll go out to a nice bar and have a you know nice manhattan or something and enjoy the night um so you like that i like to kind of live on both sides a little bit you know i'm a I guess I'm a Gemini at its finest. The, talent, <laughs> the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, yeah, I'll rip one every now and then. <laughs> uh, that was too. That was so bad. Jesus Christ! Not really, dude. Let, let the record show, man. A couple of episodes ago, so I was listening because you released the Q episode the same time that we released our God Told Me To episode. And I was listening, and all of a sudden, Tim Yobo was talking about doing anal with your girlfriend and mom, and I was like. <laughs> What am I doing with my life here? And and I was running when I was doing this, and I had to stop running and like turn off the episode. So I don't think the bar can get that much lower. So I think we're safe, thanks to Tim. I was gonna say this this podcast can get very blue, y'all. So um, feel free to let that loose. I'm sure with Brady around, you'll have to try to you know be very like film connoisseurs and mm-hmm. you know twirl your mustaches. And... Mm-hmm. 
But uh, here's a fun, it's a fun zone, y'all. We're here to have fun. And um, I know taking Capellum 1, 2, 3 is, and actually I'll say this, this is kind of a good way to segue into it. It's a it's a movie that has some pretty serious themes and it, it, it's it's a pretty, you know, serious plot, but actually it's pretty fucking funny too. It has really good dry comedy. Yes. Yes, it does. The best kind. I quite, I enjoy it. <laughs> is that the best kind for you, Brady? <laughs> yes. Leave the other person guessing because therefore if if it doesn't land, you can just be like, Yeah, I wasn't joking. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good backup plan. I like that. Normally I just fall flat on my face. I do I do like a I like a friend that's dry. I think I couple best with it. It's a good back and forth. That's true. Yeah, I could see that about right? you. Mm-hmm. It works very nice. I would say that's our energy, specifically Josh and I. I mean, Josh has got some pretty like razor sharp one liners that are. Yes. Yeah, every now and again it starts to show up. I get like I get like in the the magic hour where like the the, the whiskey to consciousness ratio is like optimized, and I'm get... just like popping off with all kinds of. <laughs> he fun does stuff. get like a perfect perfect drunk level where it's like everything coming out of his mouth is hilarious. I'm basically shooting finger guns like Joe Biden. I mean, <laughs> It's like I, I have that kind of like swagger walking in the room like, listen here, Jack. Yep, I feel you. I'm very similar. <laughs> I'm actually drinking a little whiskey myself right now. Nice. Um, At- Adelusa Whiskey uh, Striker. It's a Texas smoke single malt whiskey. It's very good. Nice. Tastes like a fucking California uh, forest fire in my mouth. In <laughs> yep. <laughs> Nothing like the the taste of devastation. Oh, <laughs> all that meth is burning. It sucks. Oh God. Um. So tell tell me um in, in whatever order. Tell me a little bit of uh, your experience with the Taking Capellum One Two Three. Have y'all seen this movie a bunch of times, or is this new to anybody? This is brand new for me. I I mean I've seen uh, John Travolta's dumbass mustache <laughs> countless times, like in the DVD bin at like Big Lots or some shit, but <laughs> nothing about like the OG. Um. So yeah, this is a first time for me. Yeah, this is also a first time for me. And to echo what Brady was saying, like I did watch the 2009 taking of poem one, two, three with John Travolta, and I didn't really think a whole heck of a lot of it um, by comparison. <laughs> so this was my first time with this one. I love Robert Shaw, and I do enjoy uh, Walter Matthau and Hector Elizondo. Um, so this was a nice treat, nice break from that. Uh, this was my first time as well, but I was also really annoyed by the name. And I was like, I was like, what the fuck is Pelham? Like, I, I, I was really like, who thought of this? Also, who named something Pelham? I don't. Uh, so I was annoyed, but I really enjoyed it. I'm just going to be just being honest. Um, and also Hector Elizondo was a total fox, kind of an asshole, but a fox. Mm. Oh, um, really? Yeah, he's yeah. very fuckable in this movie. He, yeah. I, save for like his douchebaggery energy. But yeah, I was like, I was like, OK, OK, I see you 70s. I didn't like you want to you kind of want to hate fuck him, you know? <laughs> I do know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Seems like there should be a shower involved. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brady. Were you going to say something? I didn't get a sense of douchebaggery. I just saw a guy that was holding the fort down while everyone else was like, oh, my God, losing really, their goddamn mind. I like that you're bringing that. I mm. knew you would bring some kind of weird, <laughs> random fucking viewpoint of this character. That's a piece of shit. <laughs> I feel so seen. Actually, he's the anchor of the film, and here's why. Uh, <laughs> here's my six-point thesis. I always like it when a character decides to do a gimmick. Like, he's just kind of just open mouth chewing gum the whole time. Yes. 
I'm a fan of that. I, you know, I, it depends. It kind of depends on the, I think um, there's been a few movies where it doesn't quite work out where it's just too, it's too distracting, but with him, it, it like kind of blends in and adds to his whole ambiance. I don't even know, but. What did we just watch? It was the, the ambulance where he, it was like the running gag that. Oh yeah. James Little Jones character was chewing gum mm-hmm. yeah. like loudly. And and just cartoonishly, even in his death, he's chewing gum. Yeah, and which was a reference to Robert Forrester getting kicked off the set of And God Told Me To for chewing gum. Which is amazing. Yeah. And then what was the one we watched recently? Oh, it was it was Goblin, where he's he's Oh no no no, you know what? That was smoking. That was so different. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I like I like that way to get out of the thing. Just go like <laughs> Brady left. I'm going to fucking steal that from you. I stole it from Brady, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, personally, okay, so this was my first time also seeing this movie, and the name did, did kind of rub me the wrong way, and it might be because of I listened to so much post-hardcore back in the day, and some of those old Norma Jean song titles did bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But you know what? I was guilty of it myself. I... I actually, me, me and my girlfriend were going through some of my old songs that I wrote back when I was, you know, I don't know, between 15 and 19 years old. Oh, sweet Jesus. And some of the song titles were incredibly long. Uh, there's, I'll re- I remember a couple. One was called Roots, Roots Drenched in Passion Never Die. Oh, God. I know, I know. Uh, one, another one, I wish I had them in front of me because there's so many good ones, but there's another one that says, it's better to get stabbed in the front than to get stabbed in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a phase, Mom! <laughs> See, the trick Jesus with these, Christ. you got to have at least uh, the ability to shorten it, right? Because I was into the band, um, and they will know us by the Trail of Dead. Aren't they a Texas band, actually? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, but with them, you could just be like, yeah, Trail of Dead, right? So you got you got to name things with a little bit of shortening in mind. I know, like... Um, I don't know, like, every time I die, I always said every time I die, but it is a very long name for a band. Mm. And uh, rest in peace um, to that band. Not, they're not all dead, but the band broke up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a band flip situation or anything like that. Nothing but tops, it was a band that I very much enjoyed. Nothing tops the Fiona Apple album, though. Oh, God. Oh, uh, the Extraordinary Machine one? What was it called? The, Ild- the idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw when whipping cords will serve you more than the ropes will ever do. Oh, I just made my pussy dry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. All right. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I had not actually seen this movie before, but I instantly, I think I've seen it three times now, um, mostly because we kept moving this recording because of me. Yeah, all kinds of bullshit has been going on. But you know what? I think this is the perfect time to do it. I, I just, it feels right, y'all. It does feel right. It feels right because we've been anticipating this for weeks. <laughs> There's no way. Y- y'all probably forgot about this a couple of times. There's no way you were anticipating this recording. No, no, no. You you underestimate our ability to not do things. So <laughs> so prepping, my, I'm just going to speak for myself. So prepping for this when I remembered an hour beforehand, I was like, God, oh, God, oh, God. So yeah. my problem's a little different. When I set a calendar reminder, I set like five, you know, so like a week before <laughs> Three days before, two days before, it's like a nice little countdown. So, <laughs> I know I do. I I was actually, 
I loved your faith in me, Brady, because I'm sure there was a part of you that even just three or four hours before recording time, you're like, should I message him? Maybe he forgot. <laughs> Maybe he won't pull through. Because <laughs> I, I will tell y'all, I am one. I am not always the most dependable. And honestly, I have canceled podcast recordings just because I am not. Uh, as you see, it takes some energy to do this. Mm-hmm. Especially me hosting it on my own, I I don't get to like pass the baton. That's what that's the one thing I love about y'all is y'all can kind of pass the baton. You can kind of have someone host a show and you can sit back and not feel like you need to be on the whole time. Oh, it's pretty nice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I, I'm beginning. I'm beginning to feel like I'm a I'm the fucking dumbass here. <laughs> like, why did I decide to? Maybe I should find a cool. No, I think it. I think it takes a level of talent that um I am too exhausted to attempt. Yeah, it's it's very exhausting. That's why I get so mad around like hour two. I <laughs> wrap this baby up uh, before then. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to take too much of your time, and also I just don't have the energy to go like three hours or anything like that. Um, but this movie, I think it it's it's not something that really takes a whole bunch of of explaining plot wise. You you know, it's there's a lot in between. There's a lot that goes on. But it's it's a heist movie. It's I'm not a heist movie. It's a hijack type movie where it's just in a situation that's very very different. The fact that they're hijacking hijacking an underground subway train mm-hmm. is very unusual, and you get to see how all the characters in New York City react to this. All the people that are involved react to it. And New York City, just like most movies in the '70s and the '80s, it's a character in this movie, which I absolutely love. Yeah, absolutely. I love, this is my time. And everybody's yelling and being very abrasive, um, which is why I love New Yorkers, because uh, I can be abrasive, too. It's def- <laughs> it definitely has its it. I mean, it is its own character. You're right. So you go in there and the the crass bitching uh, smack talking that they do back and forth. I was like, do I want to move to New York? Like, this seems really refreshing in the 70s. Yes. Especially in the seventies, oh, two people just can't have a normal conversation without being at the top of their lungs. Listen, listen, <laughs> I may have not been allowed to have my own bank account. However, seventies <laughs> aesthetic on women is super nice. So, yeah, you know, you give and you take. Nor could you have yeah, voted. Be... <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? No. <laughs> just... You'll be fashionably oppressed. I know, fashionably oppressed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm only occasionally pregnant. It's fine. <laughs> And I love that the movie kicks off like just the, that soundtrack. That I need to get the soundtrack to this movie. By the way, <clears throat> yeah, oh, soundtrack, soundtrack is fantastic. It won oh, awards it for is. that, right? I don't know. I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I know is that when uh, I looked up David Shire, I was like, "No shit, he did Zodiac music. Cool, that makes sense." <laughs> Forget how good Yes and uh, Brady is at Yes ending. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> i i believe that they did I, i'm checking now i think Let's i read just... that too yeah if you would like to check that i will continue yeah it was just, uh, it was bafta two bafta awards awards wow yeah it it just adds to the the whole feeling the whole vibe of the movie i don't know it it makes you right away like oh this is gonna this is gonna be some shit right now this is gonna be something um a little bit different and and it you need the music to have a lot of energy behind it because yeah, you know, you have your your loud, uh, like louder New Yorker, very boisterous characters in this movie. But our main character, most of our main characters, you know, you got Robert Shaw, 
and and then you have Walter Matthau, and Walter Matthau is his style um, of acting, especially in this in this role as uh, Lieutenant Zach Garber, which I love Garber as a last name. It's so good. It it's matches his, for his character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his energy is so chill, like so even. He's asleep the first time we see him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like at least we know by the end that he can he can step up. He's a man. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He's a man it's like, with a plan like, and a bright ass it, tie. Did you guys? Oh, we know that mustard tie. Jesus. Mm-hmm. All right, we, we need, need to have some fucking bravery for that. All right, we're getting into his, his costume. Okay, so <laughs> true, <laughs> true story. Brady's cracking his knuckles. <laughs> I was a Stepford child. Uh, my mom, like every school year, would dress me up. Like get me all ready for the first week of school, and I would often go to school in outfits like his, where it's like you know all the primary color plaids, you know, with my little no. bowl cut. So I was just going to ask if you had like the exceptionally poofy '90s bowl cut. Oh no, mine was silky smooth, so it was like very <laughs> not poofy. Well, I, could, I guess it was a little poofy, but but yeah, I just thought it was like a, a boy in a man's body when he walks in. So it seems like he didn't fully belong in that central station. You know, oh, yeah, he seemed like he belonged. Yeah, it does look like his mom dressed him before he went to work and made him dress like, you know, like your grandma got you that for Christmas. You need to wear it. You know, like, for as good as the 70s were for women's fashion, it was equally on the spectrum of terrible for men's. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I was working on sending y'all. I'm actually looking right now as I've been talking. I was trying to find this photo of me in a 70s suit. Well, I've been looking at your, your, uh, your Google search of you in all kinds of suits right now. So maybe I've already stumbled across it. Low key stalking you right now. Okay. This is great podcasting. <laughs> We're just <laughs> quiet looking, looking, looking at each other. <laughs> I, we, sh- we should have a podcast where we just look at our. <laughs> I want to know who I'm talking to. I've only ever seen you making that very intense face on the cover of your podcast. Oh, I know. Yeah, I was super drunk in that photo. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and yes, I the the fashion in this movie. And honestly, like Garber is the only one that looks like really bad. I think some of the fashion isn't too too bad. I re- well, honestly, the uh, the the hijackers all look sharp. As oh shit. yeah, sure. they look great. Wait, wait, what? They the look good. Jackers? Oh man, yeah. I don't know. Don't I like mean, I, I like Houndstooth, but there's this thing in the '70s where everyone is like trying to advance fashion forward, but also stuck in the past at the same time, mm-hmm. and you get this weird mashup, and that's like '70s men's fashion, and yes. I I think it looks like dog shit. Oh, I hate it. That's too bad. Burns half my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking my heart. I mean, Houndstooth is cool, but like the way that like the, these clashing <laughs> colors. That I mean. Houndstooth is no, cool. Houndstooth is cool. Yeah. Herringbone is cool. Like, let's just set the record straight there. But I would not be caught dead wearing that stuff. Really? No. All right. Well, I mean, I would tap my the foot right amount to the of third. Whiskey, you can be, you can find the confidence to wear it, <laughs> as you may already know. Men back but then yes. certainly did. Mm. <laughs> also, Jerry Stiller's uh, costume, it kind of looked like he worked at Chippendales because, like, the New York police uh, <laughs> costume was, like, super slim on him. And with his mustache, he Let's just... Let's talk about, like, Ooh, so Jerry Stiller's sexual body. Like, he ha- he's got the tiniest, skinniest legs and the big barrel chest of, like, a hen. And he's just sitting there, just 
fucking taking it all in and i'm sure that i'm sure that set was just hot as hell and he's just there sweating because oh, yeah. it's 1974 and they don't have good makeup god damn <laughs> yeah i he's his introduction as uh you know was it rico uh rico patron rico suave <laughs> rico, rico suave <laughs> yeah we all thought it suave yeah. His introduction <laughs> is fucking wonderful. Uh, you know, basically Garber's doing this like he's doing this whole tour for there's these Asian businessmen that I guess is the purpose for that is for the joke at the end. Was that the I, I really hope so. I mean, that was such an insane buildup only to find out that he's just a racist piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, yeah, they all speak yeah, perfect like, English. Yeah. Yeah, there's a gentle racist blanket throughout this this whole movie. And <laughs> you just gotta racism. have to kind of take it for what it is. But yes, um there there uh, Garber is being quite rude to these Asian businessmen. At some point calls them monkeys and mm-hmm. um a couple of other names and they're not saying anything. They're just kinda of walking around and and they eventually, and, and they think at some point Frank, who's this loudmouth guy, who I think was um, uh, Tim Allen's uh, woodshop teacher in Home Improvement, uh, that guy Frank. Um, oh, I forget his name. yeah, that's how I remembered him because I used to watch a lot of Home Improvement because you know there's nothing else to do, and um, now I, if I watched it now, I'm sure I would hate it. Well, that's what you did well, in 1994, you know. Yeah, it was a good time. Play Sega Genesis and watch Tim Allen. Mm, and, of course, uh, you were a Sega guy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm a Sega guy. Brady's writing something down. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Jeez, three, is he writing a dossier of me? Three, three fucking buttons. Terrible sound chip. Go on. Uh, it's funny what how much better three buttons can be than four when the games are actually programmed and designed correctly, and the music's badass. Anyway, so um... whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I love both. I am not someone that hates Super Nintendo. I love Nintendo too. It's a good Don't time. Judge, no yeah. judging. Sorry. <laughs> Calm your stash. Calm your fucking stash, dude. Jesus Christ! <laughs> You're acting like it has a mind of its own. I feel like it does sometimes, dude. The moment like... Brady got that mustache, his whole life changed. It's true. I remember. I remember. When you started rocking the mustache, yeah. and then my boss, who was like kind of one of pre- one of the prettiest women in Portland, was like, "Oh my god, Brady, your mustache is so nice and masculine." And he turned tomato red. He was like, "Oh, oh okay, thanks." I've just never been objectified before. And then he kept it ever it, since. You just a slab of beef, and the birds come pecking, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that once he got all like you know freaking you know, all fluttered and stuff, his mustache tucked in a little bit. Like, it, <laughs> did, it did, it did. <laughs> well, shit. We'll have to talk about my mustache next episode. <laughs> I love the entire setup of watching, you know, Robert Shaw and the guys. You got Mr. Blue, Mr. I, uh, by the way, fucking Tarantino, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Watch this movie. Yet again, the, that feeling when you're like, oh, Tarantino isn't very original, is he? Well, he always says that he he'll he gripes. A, he'll from, mention it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have time to watch interviews and Q and A's with Tarantino. I'm watching his movies, He's thinking say- like, oh, his his colored character names. That's dope as shit. So anyway, I'm moving on to watching the next movie. Oh my god, he's he's such an annoying talkative machine that I'm surprised you didn't just hear it because he said it in L. A. loud enough that you can hear it here. 
Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays Are for the Ghouls, a podcast on the Podmoth Network. We cover all things spooky, like horror movies, true crime, the supernatural, and spooky stories in the most chaotic way possible. So join your favorite ghoul friends every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And become a spooky babe. <laughs> so spooky babes, we'll see you in your nightmares. Because I, I, I'd never seen this movie. So I was at first I was like, wow, look at all these mustaches. This is great. But then as soon as I saw, I think it was Mr. Green sneeze because he has like fucking severe allergies or a cold or something. And he kind of fixes his mustache. I'm like, okay, that's not something a mustachioed man would do. He knows mm. it's there. It's not going to go anywhere. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Are all these fuckers going to be wearing fake mustaches? They looked good, though. I mean, they were good fakes. They were nice fakes. Yeah, they all looked pretty nice on them. And uh, that's why Jerry Stiller is being honored, because you know what? That was a true mustachioed man. In this mm-hmm. <laughs> I like how you pulled that out at the very beginning, because I came in here with in a huff and a puff, ready to like fight you and basically call into question the whole existence of this episode. And now you want to fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'll just but sit here. I, I am, I'm going to pay for this mustache party. Work it out. Yeah, we should write each other's mustaches, dude. <laughs> this, this is a great Friday night for me. Is Brady's mustache blushing? Is it tucking in? <laughs> it is tucking it's in. It's kind of expanding a little bit. <laughs> oh, it, oh, it, it's I, spreading out. Yeah. I'm shaving it right here, right now on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go get the clippers. <laughs> and we get that wonderful scene, by the way. I know there's probably plenty of scenes y'all remember, but the one that I remember is where they're starting to hold up the train and they're going through this whole kind of like all looking at each other and getting in position and shit, which I love, by the way. I fucking love that because you don't know what's going to go on, but you know some shit's popping off. And then Hector Elizondo runs into this one guy because this guy's trying to get past him to go to the next car. And he, and he tells him, you don't want to go in there. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, why not? Because I'll shoot your pee-pee off. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. I was like, all right, Hector Elizondo, he's going to be that guy in this movie. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mr. Gray was having a lot of fun with the passengers at their expense, like the one girl oh, with yeah. the glasses, and like the other ladies. Like he was just like uh, hazing everyone. Did anyone get like an extreme Joe Pantoliano vibe? Joey Pants. Yeah, yeah right. Like yeah, I, for, for yeah, a minute, yeah. I thought it was him, and I was like, no, 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 he'd be way too young for I this. I can, I can see that. But I was, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Open mouth nice. chewing. Yeah. That Joey Pants energy. I think Hector Elizondo maybe has like a little bit more swag to him. And he's like 30 years older. Yes. <laughs> I think I've honored him already. I think. But he doesn't have a mustache in this movie. But uh, I, I did honor him for another movie. I just can't remember. There's like 80 some odd episodes of this. I, uh, how many episodes do y'all have? Quite a bit, right? 80, um, 80, 88's in the bag. Okay. We're, are we yeah, there, is our next one 89? Mm-hmm. Oh god! Wow. So we're kind of in the same timeline. I've taken a couple of weeks off. I've been going a little bi-weekly lately. Been a little, a little tired, y'all. So just deal with it. No, no, we 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 understand. (laughs) (laughs) Starting a podcast during a completely transformative time in the world is great idea. Perfect. You know, however, and just to be real, like had had we not had the podcast, I 
like I think it was important yeah. for us to had to know that every single week we were meeting up and that was like a very structured yeah. thing for the three of us. And it was really helpful, I think, for all of our mental health to know that we still all had to hunker down to work on this project. Yeah, we had a group project. It was like the, the group book club. That's not a book club. It's a movie club. And uh, like the passing the time and the regular social events, I think it was nice and also got to watch some great movies. Mm. Same for me, but now I'm realizing how worthless it all is. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) We have 15 years. So eventually we do. Yeah, I do. Touching back on Hector Lizona, like the dude just is just he's swinging his dick around in this whole movie, actually. Yes. And um, I love I love the fact that we, you know, eventually they they hold up the train. Um, Garber runs into he goes into the command center. And he's taking the the Asian businessman in there, and he realizes like uh, Frank tells him like there's this whole shit going on like Pelham one two three isn't moving I can't get a hold of them, and shit just starts popping off. And eventually, I think, I think Frank says, you know, like what's up with these quote unquote Chinamen um, in the room? And then Garber says, hey, why don't you go? He tells somebody to get them out of there. And then they all tell them tell him bye because they know English in perfect English, the, yeah, perfect English. The look, and, uh, the look on Walter Math- Walter Matho's face when he when he's taking that all in. Yes, you know he's like, oh, I've just been belittling these men this whole time <laughs> and speaking to them like they're idiots, and and he like swallows it and he's like, well, all right. <laughs> 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 I gotta say, he um, he kind of makes it land a little because oh, he's 100%. so fucking good. Oh yeah, he is so good. Um, and also, there's another theme. There's a theme of of you know, uh, there's a theme of that, and then there's the theme like the theme of like basically we're getting businessmen from other countries coming through. There's more of a globalization of America, basically, and people adjusting to that. And there's something else that we we we're noticing that people are adjusting to in this movie, and that is women in the workplace a lot, oh, yeah. of, lot of comments about quote-unquote broads which i did mention in the cold open broads coming into the workplace and just making things harder for us men because you know we can't just jerk off in them under our desk anymore oh god i dropped my pen again <laughs> sorry guys who needs hand jobs let's go <laughs> give me some more post-its please <laughs> but yes uh, there's that part where because uh, the 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 cart's not moving. Pelham one two three isn't moving. We we meet. I forget what this guy's name is. Eventually, it's mentioned he's called like Fat CZ or some shit like that. <laughs> but he's like he looks like Danny DeVito's third cousin or some shit. Oh, is and that he's the yelling and shit? Oh, is that the um? It's Tom Petty, the Kaz Delowich guy. That's that's yes. like the captain needs to go down with the ship. Where the fuck are every? Where is everyone oh, yeah. going? He is so. I gotta admit, he's very good at what he's ever he's doing. He almost looks like someone that they just got from New York. Like, hey, you want a part? Like, just read mm-hmm. these lines. He's selling, he's selling I Heart New York shirts on the on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good, and uh, he's yelling, and he gets mad because he had a, he was late. He was late to uh, to the center to the like command center because. Um, he had to go get a plumber because the new female worker in the office dropped her wedding ring down the toilet. Mm-hmm. And he's all mad about it and this and that. And she's so like holding back so many words for him. <laughs> so pay- like, I'm just like, God, I would want to fucking slap him on his bald ass head. No offense to 
to, to you, Brady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bald is beautiful, baby. <laughs> Although, you know, my hair is great. Um, so we... Brady <laughs> oh. just blew away. <laughs> I'm going to get a drink. I'll be right back. Oh, I love you, dude. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too. We're having a good time. This is also implied oh, that this is like her second or third time that she's done this. Is that right? She's, I, she's lost her wedding ring I, in the bathroom or somewhere. I honestly do not remember this because this movie has a lot of these little colorful quips that move very quickly while you're in the middle of the like negotiation um, and like logistics of the hostage shit, which is great, right? It, it adds a little bit of flavor and right. color to the movie, but there's so many of them that I'm like, I. I don't remember. Yeah, New, New York City is is the main character in the background. It's like a procedural, but instead of just following like a couple of policemen around, like you're following the entire city. Yeah. Yeah. You really are. And they're all characters in their own way. And they're all sort of manic and stressed. I mean, if you think about it, the reason why Garber was asleep in the beginning of this movie is because the transit system has been moving smoothly, with, even with the population in New York and everybody just going crazy and every now and then you get drunk people in there. For the most part, things have been going so smoothly that they can actually, you know, Rico is reading the fucking paper and not giving a shit and Garber is asleep. They've been just watching this work like clockwork and all of a sudden there's, there's shit is popping off and everybody's just losing it. And now we get to see it where now it's getting, it's, it's becoming a, uh, quote you know kind of a crisis situation for them and now they got to work <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. curious i'm curious how uh realistic the like light up board was with the little red elite like bright light oh, the leds light like the, yeah, the, the ground light. control center like the all the technicians yeah. with the light up boards all that yeah because this movie makes you realize that like civilization is hanging on by a thread because like if any one thing happens it's like what do we do no we've already seen that that's true uh oh, yeah, we have i it did make me very like nostalgic for walking into old supermarkets that were obviously hadn't been refurbished since the 1970s. And so it's just like, it's just that lead paint we, feel. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh. like, I was like, Oh, I, I'd like some of that in my life now. You just reminded me of ShopGo, which I haven't thought of in like 10 years. What's ShopGo? You don't know what ShopGo is? No. It was like a competitor to Walmart that just got completely obliterated. <laughs> oh. I remember the smell. <laughs> What did it smell like? It smelled like, you know, those little bouncy balls that were in oh, the giant. Oh, it smelled like, like Walmart customers. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's different. That very unique smell that were those little bouncy balls that were in the giant metal crate. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah. That, like, the like off gassing yeah. of like chemical yeah. plastic. Yeah. I love that. I, I got to say, love that smell. <laughs> I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's we, like a new car smell kind of thing. We got a we got mm -hmm. a giant yeah. hamster wheel for our cats yesterday that I put together, and like the off gassing of like the tread the tread pack that I put on there or the mm. tread pad was I was like oh yeah mm. Mm, chemicals Ooh, I like that I like Ugh. that a lot Ugh, chemicals <laughs> take me away chemical daddy wait what'd you say you got the cats oh um I got them like a big ass hamster wheel okay okay um where'd you get it from. We got it from a website called One Fast Cat. One Fast Cat. I'm going to write that We went down. with that because most of the cat wheels that we were looking at were like kind of more expensive than we thought was feasible. Yeah, but this one was super expensive, right? Or, yeah. or they're like they're little, like they're not big enough for the cat to go like full stride, like full cheetah mode. And this one was 
big enough where our cat, who's a maniac, can really get into a stride, but still something that we could actually afford. So yeah, yeah. this episode is brought to you by One Fest Cat. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my chica buena, as I like to call her, uh, she has four cats, and she's she's in the market right now for a cat wheel. So $250, which I think is the best price we've found for the quality. For one that's that wow. big. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, cool. I'll look into it. That's nice. <laughs> there you go. This episode did not go where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> but you didn't um, think we'd be talking about pussy so much? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is the last time I'm going to say it. I don't know if it, Tim Yobo is, is like his spirit is in me or some shit. Yes. Fuck. Just lean into it. That's fine. That's what she would say, too. I guess y'all can call me Mr. Blue. <laughs> By the way, I fucking love Mr. Blue. Like, Robert Shaw. I Dude, know he's a yeah. legend, but damn. Yeah, Robert Shaw's so fantastic. Good. He's got, like, hey. uh, so much, like, he says very little, but he means a whole heck of a lot. He seems to really kind of capture uh, the the character that he's supposed to be. You kind of get a sense of who he is without him really having to describe himself very much. He's Robert Shaw himself as an actor and as Mr. Blue is fantastic. 100%. And it's so clever how in the middle of the movie, uh, one of the characters that he's working with, I can't remember which one, was asking him about you know, making money in the past um, in the British military. And he just right. kind of like casually drops the fact that like, so, uh, he doesn't say what African country, but... He was a mercenary, right? That basically was paid to yeah, wild geese, um, yeah, help fight wars. Which then made me think, like, what does a mercy mercenary do? Do they just like tell people like, go buy more guns, don't attack yet? Well, you know, like Blackwater. Yes, I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So just just like Blackwater. Okay. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a mercenary kind of acts just like a, a a military general, but you're just not you're you're doing it underground and nobody knows who the fuck you are and it's not that's true i did just watch uh sergio cabrucci's the mercenary with franco nero so i should know the answer to this question (laughs) (laughs) dumbass oh my god (laughs) i like how you're so hard on yourself yep (laughs) you you know you're doing a good job man would you ever see it i just feel (laughs) Did you ever see uh, War Dogs or Dogs of War with Chris, Christopher Walken? Oh, with a giant like uh, machine gun on it. Wa- I like the Walken. I, I think so. <laughs> I like the poster, but I've never watched it. No, because that's what he does. He's he's like a war consultant. He's he basically shows up and like starts a war for money. Oh. So who would win in a in a knife fight? Would it be Robert Shaw, Christopher Walken, or Franco Nero? Oh God, Robert Shaw, no question. Rob- Robert I mean, like, Shaw, yeah. Man, fuck you guys, Franco Rob- Nero. Robert Shaw's just got that like cold. Di- like we were, we were going through and watching, like rewatching parts of Pelham One Two Three, take, mm-hmm. taking of Pelham One Two Three, oh. and uh, and there's this part where um, the character called the homosexual uh, looks over at him and goes, "What? What? You've never seen a sunset before?" And Robert Shaw has this very bemused smile on his face and just kind of is like, okay, that was a good comeback. And I swear to God, if Robert Shaw ever looked at me that way, I could, I could make a million dollars and go on my life. Like I'd like, I'd be like, you know what? I'm blessed today. Thank you, sir. But to your question, Brady, about the knife fight thing, uh, like I just watched Robert Shaw in from Russia with love where he plays specter assassin, red grants. Oh yeah. And he's got, He's got uh, James Bond, Sean Connery, all boxed in, 
And uh, yeah, I think I think uh, Red Grant, at least, if not Robert Shaw, could definitely take someone. He's a big guy. He's a big dude. Okay. He's six. He, he's a what? something like that. Let's and, take a look. Physical as well. Well, let me ask you this: Has any of these guys carried a coffin? Just what? <laughs> oh, you're talking what about. What are you talking about? Django. Django. Django! <laughs> anyway, so uh, we go. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be cut out. Uh, that... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Blue, uh, he comes in and he has some fucking, he's the one, he's basically the leader. And you're right. You know, you're right, Brady. He does, he does kind of, I love that. And, uh, you know, all of you all kind of express the fact that he does bring this kind of, you know, he's the leader, you know, he makes money. You know that he he's a very powerful person and he's very well read, and he does mention he was making five thousand dollars in Africa, like you said. So this guy is is rich. He knows what he's doing, and he's the one that's in charge. He gives the commands and stuff. He mentions that they need to pay him a million. They need to pay them a million dollars, or else they're going to start killing hostages. And they only have one hour to do it. Something like that, right? Pretty right. sure. And. Garber's freaking the fuck out. They immediately just go straight up to the mayor, and I fucking love Mayor Al. This guy, <laughs> it's like an SNL skit. Yes. Well, yeah, uh, if so you lived if you lived where we lived, it might not be that far from it, truth. It, it it felt it hit pretty close to home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit it now. Yeah, it's like uh, that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what we're saying is our mayor is worthless. Yes. Yes, yeah. we are. Ours was a bodybuilder, so at least he's strong. <laughs> he could fight the flu. Arnie was my governor for a while. Jealous. Back when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. Jealous. Yeah. He was great. I never had a celebrity, a celebrity governor. Get out of here, Ohio. Mm. <laughs> Get out of here, Ohio. <laughs> Rawr, go Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, so then it goes, we get to the mayor, and I love that the deputy mayor is, like, basically the fucking, the guy in charge. Mm -hmm. He's the one that knows what's going on. He's obviously the one that keeps the mayor from completely falling apart. And he tells them they got to bring a bunch of guys in. We meet the, I think we meet the police commissioner and a couple of other cats, like, that are part of the, you know, the entire city's, um, you know, city, uh, uh, city of New York, whatever the fuck, New York City, whatever the fuck, <laughs> uh, governing fucks and <laughs> governing fucks, the governing fucks all come in. Yeah. And they all eventually are like, you know, some of them kind of like don't really want to make a decision because it really comes down to the mayor. And who does the mayor look to to make his decision? Ray Romano's mom. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, That's yeah. right. Doris That's right. Roberts. Doris wow, Roberts. Wow, wow. God, I, I never. I honestly have not. I don't think I've ever seen her looking this fresh. She's. She look. She looking kind of. She cute. looked good. Yeah. Just yeah. tight. Yeah, I would have made a little Ray Romano with her. <laughs> 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 I guess it would have been a Ray Ramirez would. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yes, he looks to her. She tells him, "Hey, well." I mean, at least you'll get something out of it. He's like, what am I going to get out of it? She's like, 18 sure votes, because that's the amount of hostages that they have in the cart. 
And so he says yes, and he feels like a champion, even though he was too much of a bitch to make the actual decision. And they go forward with it, and they start working on the money. And Mr. Blue gives, like, this super fucking crazy, insanely tight deadline. But I love his, like, dedication. Mm -hmm. Because Garber is so down to earth. He's so, like, salt of the earth. And he's like, come on, man. You got to give us a little bit. Like, you're getting your money. Can you just give us a little bit more time? And Mm -hmm. he just keeps telling him, like... I think he tells him the amount of time that's left. He's like 49 minutes. And eventually he just goes 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's yep. like counting yeah. it down. It's, it's stone cold. I love it. I love it. And it adds obviously to the fucking suspense and to the, the anxiety of this film. You know, you feel an anxiety with it the whole time. Um, you kind of know things are going to probably work out, but at the same time, it, it is really a good vibe. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't know if they were going to be shooting any of the hostages or who they were going to shoot. Um, and honestly, I don't think their plan was to really do it, but they were definitely willing to do it if mm-hmm. something came up. Absolutely. And I, I, I agree with you. I wasn't sure that they were actually going to follow through with these promises. So I, I didn't see any reason why some of the uh, hostages wouldn't start acting up until... They actually do shoot someone. Yeah. And it was, I was yeah. super surprised. I mean, like, I think one of the guys mentions to Mr. Green, the subway motor man that they have with them, that they, that no one's supposed to die or like there was some kind of thing where we could get this done and no one's going to get hurt. And that was sort of the sales pitch to keep him on board. Mm-hmm. Fucking what's his nuts? Ruined it for everybody. Mr. Gray. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm trying to remember, was it, was it because like a, a sniper took a shot? Is that why the first sausage dies? Yeah, the two guys. That, right, the two guys were hidden behind the pillar down the tunnel. I don't know if it was there was a sniper and then there were two cops. I think one of them yeah, was like trigger cops. happy. Yeah, he was kind of like anxious shooting. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what sets it off. Is one of them shoots Mister Brown, and he's the one with the stutter. Because I because I remember I think the kids at some point laugh at him because like he. He says something, and the kids laugh for a second, and the mom slaps the fuck out of one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, is yet another Home Improvement connection. That's Wilson from Home Improvement that gets shot. What? Oh, is that Wilson? Damn Skippy. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Damn, he just blew my mind. So Same. The other thing, though, here, I have to, like, I've been wanting to say this the entire show, is like, what the fuck is Mr. Green and Mr. Brown doing in this? Like, they're not doing anything other than holding the back of the car. Well, Mr. Green is the driver. He knows how to drive the actual subway. Yeah, train. he's he's the connection that they find. So they, they know it's a subway guy because someone's able to drive the train. And that's why they look after disgruntled subway or, like, dismissed subway workers. But I thought that Mr. Green, like, started to teach Mr. Blue. And then Mr. Blue was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm, I've got it. And then Mr. Green basically no, sat I think, down. I think the... Mr. Blue was just the master planner. And he huh. was he was there doing his crossword yeah. and giving the timeline. All right, Green, you're safe. What about Mr. Brown? I have no excuses for Mr. Brown. Exactly. I imagine that with a subway car, you have to have multiple gunmen to keep people under control. Even as like you've got one person like handling money and another person like driving <clears> the subway. So I think it probably takes that many people in order to like maintain control of the whole situation. That would be my guess. Mm. Maybe that's why they hit his face in Home Improvement is because he's just completely forgettable. He was not. He, he was my. What do you mean? Fuck you guys. He was not forgettable. He was my favorite part of the show. In he Mr. gave Brown? Sage advice. He gave Sage advice. No, we're talking about Home Improvement. We're talking about 1994. Oh. God damn it, Daniel. <laughs> 
talking about 1994. We're talking about Wilson it's because giving his face, sage ass advice. It's because his face was hidden, so you don't have to worry about the forgetful face. But he had knowing eyes. That's true. I liked. I did like. Yeah, I liked him in in Home Improvement. But I mean, he was useless in this film. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, for the film, absolutely. But yeah, no, <laughs> I didn't mean to rile you up. So, so. Calm down. <laughs> don't tell me about you. Um, and so from there, you know, we, and I do like, I do kind of like the dynamic. I like the fact I, you, and you're right. I think Mr. Brown is supposed to just be this warm body. That's supposed to make sure to keep everyone on check because they were coming into a full fucking train full of people. And they eventually they needed to separate the carts and they just, the hostages. And it's one of those things. It's, it's, I always feel bad for that for those situations in movies where you just happen to sit where the driver is. And now you're a hostage because you decided you want to sit in that part of the train. That's kind of a bummer. Cause the rest of them get to leave. Um, they send the, uh, the driver, the, the original driver, they send him out. They send him out earlier in the movie to take all the, all those people out to the surface. And then the hostages are just there. So they're the ones that are there. And they're all kind of – there's all characters in there. I, I kind of like some of the characters in there. I didn't know that that one guy that was dressed super sharp was called the homosexual, by the way. I loved I it. No, that. no. Oh, the credits. The credits yeah. for introducing some of the auxiliary characters are brutal, and I fucking loved it. Like, oh they don't like – there <laughs> The hooker, the, the, the hooker, old man, the alcoholic. The homosexual, <laughs> the maid. Like, it, there, was just, there was just no sugarcoating anything. Yeah. <laughs> This is 1974, and this is how I feel. It was just through the eyes, like Hector Elizondo was the one that named him. Yeah, name her the hooker. (laughs) (laughs) Was uh, Dirty Hippie Cop uh, in the credits? Um, Dirty Hippie Cop. As as Dirty Hippie Cop, actually. Jeez. No, he was probably the undercover. Let me find him. There is is the hippie, and there's the wasp. Oh, yeah. The Spanish woman. The um, Spanish woman. What's that? Who's that old man? That's kind of like a. I don't know what his accent is. I. I, I you know what his accent is. Just. (laughs) (laughs) But I really like him. He has a calming voice. It says the old man. That's all it is. Okay. Oh, that's what I said. So at least I was sticking to the character. But uh, I do like his his reassurance of like I've been driving this subway for two hundred years. It's always stops. Apparently, apparent. Well, I mean, I don't know if we want to get into the thing right now, but like when all hell breaks loose and you know they're they're yeah. speeding towards their doom, apparently that technically would never happen because oh, okay, yeah, be the, how the train cars are set up in order you need to have the more train cars you have, the more power the train has in order to go faster. So they actually having the one train car blasting through isn't accurate or it could never actually happen because they have like the one train car has kind of like a small motor yeah but collectively they can generate enough power to get moving it's teamwork guys gotta play with the team Uh, anyway once again another example of why i need help (laughs) (laughs) y'all got three carts and i only got one It can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing, though, because, like, you'll be talking about something and Allison's, like, knack for continuity is so on point. I'm sorry. That it's just like, wow, seeing this movie through your eyes has got to be a very stressful experience. I don't relax. Are you somebody (laughs) that, like, if you see, like, 
an issue with continuity in a film yes. that gets to you? Or? It, oh. it really does. It, it really, really, and, and it drives me crazy because I, I can't, I can't just sit down and enjoy a story if like, uh, if like, even if they flash back to a person in a scene and their arm is in the wrong place than it was two seconds earlier, I'm like, ah, like, <laughs> so, oh, shit. Um, it's it's not. I don't love it. <laughs> Did you run into any of those little hiccups in this in this film? Or? Not, not that I remember. I thought. Oh, I know. I thought good. this one. I thought the movie was exceptional. I thought it was great. But um, it is crisp. I yeah, I don't remember anything like that. I mean, I mean, I think it helps that they they have basically, you know, a handful of sets. You know, like they yeah. have a handful of backdrops, <clears throat> and they stick to it very well. But. It, it, it at the same time it still keeps the movie going i mean this movie is like an hour and at least about what, 90 minutes and some change or something like that and it goes by really really fast um it doesn't really like slow down much there's always so much going on and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're just always integrating a lot of other characters and auxiliary char- characters that help push the story along it distracts you for a little bit so then you can get back to the main plot of the movie well i mean absolutely and and you think like this this technically shouldn't be i guess that interesting of a premise like you have four right. men who have an elaborate plan to hold a train car hostage underneath new york city and and how do you how do you stretch that for 90 minutes but you have all of these exceptional actors in there of Walter Matthau and Robert Shaw and Hector Elizondo so on and so forth where it's like they their intensity is so good and their acting is so good that it, i i was on the edge of the couch mm. with my can of wine not noticing continuity <laughs> Yeah, you drink enough cans of wine. Mm. It all just sort of blends. It does blend nicely. I, <laughs> and I actually do. I think I think even Jerry Stiller does a good job with the bit that they give him. They don't give him a whole bunch to do, but the scenes that he's in, I feel like he he definitely makes an impression. He kind of comes across as someone who's who's really has been really good at his job in mm-hmm. the years past, but as soon as like since kind of fell off, and I it probably hasn't worn his cop uniform in like. 15 years mm-hmm. and then finally has to wear his his officer uniform oh uh, that's why he looks like a chippendales dancer okay. there you go that big barrel chest and those skinny legs got it ah skinny little legs and his big old fucking head mm. <laughs> <laughs> whoa didn't realize you had a head fetish daniel gets it he gets it yeah that's what they're calling it nowadays is a head fetish <laughs> Head fetish. Yeah, I got a real head fetish. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I just, I really, I'm a. Fe- I just love me some Jerry Stiller. I've been wanting to honor him for a while, and mm. it's just amazing that this is the movie that I decided. Like, I mean, he's made some other movies here and there, but I really do like what he does here. I think he's really good bouncing back and forth with Mathau. I think they have a good chemistry. They have the energy of two guys that have been working together for a long fucking time. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're, they're old chums. Yeah, old chums, and you you're just willing to accept each other for like your imperfections at that point. You're like, oh, you know, uh, Rico's not into it today because <laughs> he's like, there's that part where he wants Rico to like talk to the, <laughs> the businessman and give him a little something, and he's like, yeah, we thought there was a bomb scare. Turned out it was a cantaloupe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. He's, he's such an asshole in this movie. It's so good. 
and then Frank is like one of the biggest assholes. He's the one that works the trains and like keeps them going and makes sure that he has like one of those really busy, important jobs. And so he thinks he's like the shit and can just be an asshole to everybody because he's so important. You know that if that guy was a real person, he died very young. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That kind of stress. That kind of stress and that kind of drinking, that kind of hot dog inhalation. (laughs) Yeah. Hurricane. He probably de- he probably died by dog. <laughs> <laughs> he died doing what he loved. Died, died by dog. So and... wait, logistics thing here for the, the three of you. So yeah, th- they made a point to have Walter Matthau basically fight over the circuits with this Frank guy, right? Like basically they they shared the communication channels, and and Walter Matthau's balancing uh, a hostage negotiation. And Frank's trying to keep things running on time, but they had a limited amount of technology basically to talk. And uh, and Frank was upset that Walter Matthau was trying to save people's life. He had a job to do, and it was to keep New York City running and to get motherfuckers to work on time. Yeah, and he did have a pretty great line where he says, you know, they paid 35 cents. You think they're going to live forever? <laughs> <laughs> Like, geez, bro, that's a fucking he's really brutal. Yeah, and he and he and he has this like super staunch um, position of, I don't want to basically like we don't negotiate with with hijackers. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of like the terrorist thing. Like we don't negotiate with terrorists, and that's the the mindset that Frank has. And he feels like Garber is bending, basically bending over for these guys, and so he's just giving them shit, and he's being a total asshole the whole time. But I think it's all worth it in the end because you get to see Walter Matthau just fucking bully the fuck out of this little fucking meatball. It is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good scene. Yeah. He's the uncle Wait, meat, I've always wanted. Meatball, meatball's not racist, right? I'm, <laughs> Are you saying because he may or may not be Italian? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. So I think we're okay. He looks Polish or something. Oh. And no one cares about the polls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah, who the fuck cares enough to even have a derogatory term for him? You don't have any listeners in Chicago, do you, Daniel? No, I'm some fucking Mexican from the south side in San Antonio. I'll be okay. To be fair, Josh, you're like a quarter pole. Yeah, I'm quarter pole. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take half the poll. <laughs> That's the last like sex. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on today. I'm just very attracted to Josh and Brady. Half, half of Josh's poll is solid six. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay. Now I, I caught up. More sex jokes. I, I got there. <laughs> it took me a second. Brady, you look mortified. Well, the first time Brady told me about the podcast, I was like, Solid Six, that's awesome. I love how proud you are of it. And then he was like, that's what it's about, bro. I was like, oh, okay. Sorry. That was a really good that was a really good impression of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I am known for my impressions. Y'all might hear one at the end of this episode. Oh, God. Um, and y'all are welcome to do it. We do have a quick impression segment, which we will be getting to shortly. And and y'all are welcome to do one if you want to. We don't have we don't have liquor in the house, do we? 
I've got a couple more beers. I'm gonna stretch. I gotta stretch. <laughs> I, th- I think this is going okay. I'm not. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure if this is a good episode. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is good. <laughs> oh my god! So then, uh, at some point, Mister Blue asks if he has any um any news to report because he's like trying to check in, and Garver hears Mister Green sneeze. And that is something I do like about this. I like how they weave it a little bit in where Garber always hears Mr. Green sees. He's like, your mom's tight. Or, no, I mean, he says Kazoom tight. And he just <laughs> keeps telling him. <laughs> good. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it. We <laughs> really should have gotten you out on the, uh, of the house on a Friday night, right? We should have scheduled this podcast for a Monday. Can you tell I'm just used to just being loosey-goosey on Friday nights? Yes. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, nowhere to be tomorrow. Yeah, it's true. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we get some stuff, and <laughs> the movie keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> Things happen. Things happen. The uh, plot continues, and at some point, they do agree to pay the money to the to the uh, hijackers. And Mister Blue says the money will be in five hundred thousand. Will be. Wait, five hundred thousand and fifties and five hundred thousand one hundreds, which would be placed in stacks of two hundred dollar two hundred bills each with two thick elastic bands. By the way, that's like a dumb person's version of being smart because I don't know why you would do that other than it just sounds cool. Well, it's easier to it's easier to put the money in circulation. If you only had one hundred dollar bills or or higher. Right, and he brings up the serial code, like serial numbers not being in sequence. Well he only and he only wanted old old bills. Old bills. Right, but why 50s and 100s? Because it's easier to circulate. I'm overthinking this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Please yeah. continue. Let your let your stash take over, Brady. Let my Sicilian take over right now and tell okay. you how to launder money. And right. then we do get like a, a money counting montage. We actually see like the city like <laughs> passing orders and people are like scrambling around and just dumping like buckets of money and like running it through like the little counting machines. Oh, I don't think uh, there were any counting machines. Oh, no, there were. There was like a little. Oh, there was. Yeah. Okay. I forget the. <laughs> there was. I, I don't know the name of it. I only okay. know the sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you made like a fish breathing sound. <laughs> Uh, well, they're, they're fish powered. <laughs> I, I, got, I, I like those kind of sequences, though, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. It's so good. The music gets to show off a little bit. The soundtrack gets popping. I had a good time with that. I It kind of reminds me of I, I, I am one of those people like I like watching that fucking sh- like how it's made shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, y'all doing over there. Y'all doing OK over there. All three of y'all together, all, you know, on the little table. I'm spicy. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. You feel spicy? Well, I mean, I'm 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 sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating, and I, it's like I there's a lot of information, but like I got a new bra, and like the strap's too tight. <laughs> oh, I know bras are so fucking. Co- I, uh, it's just I don't know how you do it. Well, I do not know. I just I don't like it. I can tell you that. I know. No. One of these days, those things will just be free, and you won't even have to worry about it once you're old, and they're just fucking in your knees and shit no i can't you know i can tell you that like my dream is to just be in like a koi pond of my own making in my in my dilapidated mansion by the ocean surrounded by cats and just everything's floating so the secret garden oh yeah i think you would very much get along with my chica buena oh i think you would 
She has said something very similar to me about her getting <laughs> Does she ever look at you like I look at Josh and I say, if anything happens to you, this is the next section of my life. <laughs> Welcome to the, the cat mansion. Yeah. <laughs> if anything happens to you, I'm done. Yeah. She's trying to win the lottery so we can open a cat cafe. We have one here called Purrington's. Yeah. And Purrington's is bullshit, it though. Is, it is bullshit. Praying Tents is basically like a strip club with cats where you can't touch the cats. Exactly. They can touch you, but uh-huh. you can't touch them. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have something called a meow so though, and it's run by like 19-year-olds that don't know how to make drinks, So, it, which I appreciate because oh, this gal, she brought me like a gallon of sparkling wine with like a little bit of orange <laughs> juice. And I, was like, I was like, thank you. So I still can't touch the cats. She's like, don't touch the cats. I like the idea if the cats have little nipple tassels on too. You can't even, you can't <laughs> like even see their tits. Six of them, yeah. <laughs> Just tiny tassels. Little itty bitty, <laughs> little itty bitty tassels. Yeah, I feel like we'd be able to open a way better place. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no tassels here, all nipples out. <laughs> Is that the name of the place? Nipples all out. nipples out, nips out, <laughs> all nips out. Cat cafe, nips out cat cafe. Yeah. <laughs> little su- subtitle: Real nipple box. action. A strip club slash cat cat cafe might work. I mean, who knows? Actually, I would be a hundred percent behind that. Right. Unfortunately, I think for some people that would be confusing. What? Uh, who? Yeah. It would. I'm, you know what? It would be filled I, with librarians. That's what would happen. Librarians fair. are the most aggressive women on this planet. Yes. And they are all about their cats arguing about literature and watching naked women. <laughs> You snuck that last one in. I'm not so convinced. convinced you, you, about you're that. so convinced of this. Like, what is your what's your data set here? I my don't... data set are my clients. Oh, Every really? librarian that I have, or anybody who has a degree in librarian sciences that comes in, is like the most hot headed, terse person I've ever met who loves cats and loves nakedness. Huh. If you huh. want to have a good time, take a librarian out. I don't know. I don't. If you want to have someone that's that, got a secret pair of stilettos, like or like the kind that like lace up to their thigh. Oh, I see. I see where you're going with take this. Take a library now. All right. Yeah. I want to fuck that hair bun. <laughs> <laughs> why is this pot? Why is this episode so horny? This is just about a train getting hijacked by a bunch of guys. It's, just, it's, like it's a it's a women. train going through holes. Over and over and over again. This is my sperm working its way through all the green lights until Mm -hmm. I fucking hit that fucking red light. Hot subterranean train porn. (laughs) Hot subterranean train porn. That's a new fucking category. If there needs there needs to be one for sure. If it doesn't exist, we bank bank. Listen to us. (laughs) Pornhub. Take a note. <laughs> if you can't find it on online pornography, it doesn't exist. There's this nice little exchange between Mr. Blue. And Mr. <laughs> yep. You like how I just dig? I get yeah. Yep. So, Go on. This nice little mm-hmm. exchange between Mr. Blue and Mr. Gray. And this, right away, I was like, okay, I see a little. I see a little conflict. He mentions Mr. Gray was apparently ex mafia. I'm like, damn, his, this guy couldn't. Like, this guy was too fucked up for the mafia. Like, holy shit. Like, I mean, I get he's horny, but. I mean, he seems like he'd be perfect for it. He's a wild card. He's not listening to. He's not listening to orders. Yeah. Ah, there you go. 
He's not one to listen to orders. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's kind of in his own shit. He thinks he knows what's best, but he's not smart, smart enough to run his own organization. Oh, my gosh. He's not smart enough to run his own organization. Yes, he is, and, uh, unfortunately. Um, and even though he's, he is really one of the best characters, even though he's a piece of shit. And then um, Mr. Green's kind of the warrior of the group, and he's like, I don't think there's going to be enough time. And Mr. Blue's not worried about it at all. He's like, if anything happens, you know, obviously we just got to start shooting some people. So the cops get the million and they head out. They're going super fast. We're getting to like sort of around the, you know, we're getting toward the climax of the film. And Garber calls Blue and he tells him the money isn't on route, that the money's on route, but the money won't arrive on time. And I think at some point, I think Garber sort of just realizes like, why don't I just tell this asshole that the money's, because he gets him to agree that like, if we get the money to the station, by 313, like, can you give us a little wiggle room? And he says, yes, we'll give you some wiggle room. Because the whole time, Mr. Blue's been super fucking dickhead about time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he finally gives him a little something, something. I think it's because they were building a sort of, uh, you know, a little something. They were just building a little chemistry there, a little bit of trust. And so he gives him, he's like, fine. But after that, no more stipulations. Like, that's it. And so I think he gives him until like 314. No, it's 314 and he gives them until 319 to drop off the money. And so the the cops they meet up with their like cat these that big old big old dude. And then it's right around that time where all of a sudden you hear like a a, a slow rising booing coming from the public. Yeah. Again, our mayor. Our mayor, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so okay, so tell okay, well tell me this. Like if, y- <laughs> if y'all were out in a restaurant and the mayor was coming through. Would, would you boo him? Oh, my, yeah, absolutely. 100%. I don't think he. I don't think he can be in public right now. To be totally honest, without being totally, he's got like bodyguards. People are like yeah. throwing food at him and yeah. stuff. It's, it's like he's the, hated. The problem is those Josh and Allison are exceptionally direct for the area. So Portland's very passive aggressive, and I think there would just be a lot of icy stares. Just oh, quiet yes. icy stares. Someone would say something. Yeah, but that's different than being booed. I would boo. I would Sometimes boo. That guy tear gassed me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's something magical about booing somebody. It just feels right. It feels good. It does. That's why I like going. I have season tickets to the Spurs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I, I totally get it. Absolutely. Man, I, I love it. And we, we suck this season, so I'm booing a lot. You yeah. Know, just, just booing a lot. Everybody. I boop. I I I I kind of been getting a little too aggressive, like a little too, and I'm not one to be too aggro. You know, I I I'll hold my own, but I'm also not a piece of shit asshole. But in the last few games, I don't know if it's because we keep losing. I'm getting a little edgy. Dude, you have nothing um, to boo. You've won multiple championships in the '90s. Calm down. No, uh, also the 2000s, but 2000s. I know, but like, it's just <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I set you up for that I mean, joke. I did that on purpose. I mean, 2014 wasn't that long ago, but like, I just, I, I sometimes I lose my temper at the games, man. I just don't get it. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> all these entitled fans, whatever. I mean, I'm not entitled. I just, it's, it's. I, I think we're gonna get, we're gonna get back. Well, who do you root for, Bray? You're a Trailblazers fan. No, dude, I've been a fan of like the most cursed franchises ever, the Utah Jazz and the Chicago Cubs. So until recently, I was. Yeah, why do you think I'm so hard on myself? <laughs> You're just like beating yourself up. Because <laughs> I was Jesus, constantly reminded man. I was a loser as a child. 
What if y'all please hug him? Jesus Christ. You two are closest. Oh, you're a walking emo band. Oh. <laughs> oh, taking a picture right now. <laughs> this is Brady sad. You're a dashboard mustachial, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see what you did there. can't tell if this is a good episode or not. <laughs> As we say, Daniel, save it in the edit. Yeah, this is true. <clears throat> oh, man. Um, I love the two cops that do bring the money, though. They're kind of shaky-kneed, and they're terrified, and they're working their way up. And all of a sudden, yeah, somebody shoots Mr. Brown in the arm, goes right through his arm, and fucking... Uh, Mr. Uh, Gray comes through and just shoots the shit. Like, he, he just starts shooting. There's a big old fucking bullets going to nowhere. The cops manage to survive. But then I think uh, eventually the the patrolman that's there just hiding in this, he's just been kind of keeping an eye on what's going on in the in the train or in that cart there. He tells the cops, like, hey, they, they just instructed y'all to get your asses up and go and give them the money because you have a very limited amount of time. So they go and they drop off the money. They start counting the money. Or they actually just start putting it in a bunch of their pockets. And I do have in my notes here. I I don't know if y'all own any top coats, guys, but man, top coats have deep fucking pockets. Like they're almost meant to just take put a bunch of shit in, including cash. Yeah. So I'm not surprised they were able to pull it off and put all that. That's cash some in other sexist bullshit keeping women <laughs> under control <laughs> by having pocket. clothing. <laughs> By having clothing with fucking pockets that you can actually use. For and then our meanwhile, we got some fake ass shit that I can put a single quarter in. There's got to be businesses out there that just like you ship your clothing to them and they install pockets yeah, for you. Yeah, now there are. That's... Now there are. Do you know how many women I talk to and they're like, hey, I like your dress. And you're like, thank you. It has pockets. Do you know how I know, big I of a deal? I a woman be happy about having the privilege of pockets, something we've had. Privilege so of pockets. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> fucking embarrassing. I mean, the problem is pockets, they ruin your shape. We're, we want to see your shape. You know, the pocket, we don't want you putting any pockets. You shit in your pockets, okay? I want my ass to look dumpier. Hey. <laughs> Oh, you're trying to add my, cushion to the... Oh, I see. No, it's... Dude, sitting on... What are you talking about? Sitting on your leather wallet does not add cushion. I want my spine to be fucked up from having my wallet be yeah. too large, and I sit on it wrong. Yeah. I, I want like the it. same privileges as men. <laughs> I want to be slightly lean to the left. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, sincere question. Is a top coat... Like, does a pea coat fall into a top coat subcategory? Is is a, is a peak coat a genre of the top coat? It is a subgenre of the top coat. Yes. Okay. Why do you have a peak coat? Yeah. Yeah. I bet you have a turtleneck and no, no. Uh uh-uh. uh Turtleneck and peak coat looks good together. It does. That is a '70s style for a man. I can get behind. Well, world. I might be going as Hector Elizondo for Halloween. So, <laughs> hey, honestly, I will travel out to Portland if y'all want to be all the different. <laughs> can i be mr brown the forgettable yeah, I think mr. one Blue, i called it yeah you gotta be mr <laughs> allison's just invisible the night we hang out it's just like <laughs> wait who what's mr brown doing here taking a bullet she's, she's, gonna, she's gonna be a butthole mr brown <laughs> 
It, <laughs> actually, that's pretty ideal. I've been kind of backed up lately. <laughs> so uh, eventually, uh, as, we, as we go on, where are we at? <laughs> <I'm trying laughs> to that was the best. <laughs> Highlight of my day right there. <laughs> Normally, somebody says something when I when I sound like I don't know where I'm at, and y'all are just so fucking silent in your little room together, <laughs> jerking each other off. That's why I told you. I that's why I, I, right before we started the episode, I said, "Hey, by the way, we're all in the same room. No pressure." <laughs> y'all just on your little island, just watching me fail horribly. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I'm too drunk to care. Uh, it's the magic of booze. <laughs> so we're, we're getting into we're getting into the epilogue. So a couple of dudes are obliterated, and then uh, oh yeah, uh, we have Mister Gray who faces down with Mathau on the rails, and he decided yeah, he decides to off myself. Off. Smelling off at him, yeah. Which is a great scene. Yeah, I think more Shocking. villains would if they, if villains committed suicide in more movies. Like, I think the world would be a better place. Okay. Well, it, it, you know what? Weird here's, statement. No, here's why. Here's why, and I do agree with you. It's because it takes away the satisfaction of being caught. Yes. So if, if we have the ultimate villain, who is a mastermind, who is incredibly um, conniving and and fox like in their intellect that if they can never truly be captured um then there's no there's never going to be satisfaction for whomever the quote unquote good guy is right and then the good guy is going to stay hungry yeah. and vigilant instead we get this bullshit like kumbaya like oh the world's saved we can go back and be complacent yeah and that's what what's led to the decay of the world today i think you're you're connecting to like the whole idea of what the problem is with villains in general is that they're they're change they're agents of change and the heroes are all about the status quo. So why would you reinforce the status quo if you can change things? Everyone wants their fucking all participation I do trophies. Is freeze the world? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my way, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine like Joker joking about? killing himself and then he actually does it and like everyone just is like what the credits just rolled and then they the children start crying (laughs) (laughs) why would you bring your kids to this movie he's gonna kill himself there's a villain he's gonna kill himself uh but thanos puts those dumbass rings on and he just disintegrates it's like what (laughs) the avengers are just standing there he just uses the one ring to like slit his wrists (laughs) (laughs) and none of the avengers are a medic right (laughs) You're a doctor, right? Yeah, I'm a doctor in the mystical arts. <laughs> is there a spell to cure suicide? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there is one, but that, that would have been great. I would have loved that, actually, um, if Thanos had just sliced his wrist open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think man. we're on to something, honestly, because, again, Robert Shaw is the biggest badass in this movie, and when he fries himself, it's almost like he has the last laugh. That's a good point. And also, like, it was so unexpected. You know, yeah, like, yeah. You, like, you see this, like, you see what's happening. There's, like, this showdown. You think that, like, you know, maybe it's going to be, like, a Mexican standoff where they're going to pull guns on each other or whatever. But then he just asks them, like, if there's the death penalty. And then he taps his foot on the third rail yeah. and kills himself. Just real nonchalant. In a weird way, it's, like, the, the perfect British suicide. Yeah. I'll yeah. Well, fuck you. I saw him make a little tea on the side. Um, 
Because <laughs> it, it's so polite. It's so dignified. I, I like if you sip from a little teacup while frying from the. But he does. He does give one. He does have one last little swing where he tries to bribe Garber. He's like, "How would you like to be? You know, what was it like a half million dollars richer or whatever?" Like he mm-hmm. he does try to bribe. And Garber's like, ah, "I don't know." He gives some like fucking blue collar thing like, ah, "My taxes." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He gets some <laughs> And that's when he's like, oh, do you have the death penalty? And yeah, I and, you know, I don't I'm not super familiar with with underground transport and subways. Like I I was like, I wouldn't know to even how to kill myself with. I know there, I know there is like there is a rail that you want to avoid because it can carry a current. Yeah. <sighs> Who would have thunk it? Dude, there's like. There's so many stories. Like if you live in New York, for example, for example, I only lived there for like four months, and I remember there was a guy going around terrorizing people with power tools, because <laughs> construction workers would leave their power tools out after they were done with their shift, and like this guy would run around with like a saw and a jackhammer and shit. That's there. There's there's plenty of well, ways. There, it's I just mean, pure chaos is, is down it, there. So is that when is that when you left after four months because you were that person? <laughs> <laughs> We're getting close to catching the jackhammerer. <laughs> Oopsie poopsies. Yep, added myself. God damn it. Jack the hammer. No, there. I mean, there's Jack. been there's been so many instances where that. I mean, that's why it's uh, when you when people have fallen onto the tracks. I'm from the Bay Area. We have the Bay Area Rapid Transit or the BART train, and you know when people would fall on the tracks, it was a big fucking deal. Like you, you just if the train was coming, you had to like get super straight and stay in the center of the rails because if you touched one, you were you're fucking toast. Was that a generally known piece of information? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. Holy shit! Not to mention like the Caldecott Tunnel was terrifying as fuck. Here in Portland, we just need to get people on bicycles to stop looking at their cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> There's no third rail. This- this true crime podcast is so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> They're like doing their own research for their true crime podcast and they fucking die. <laughs> they become their own the their ghost own true crime. The ghost you, in their own podcast. You I feel like you would you're not even your joke is not even that far off. Dude, that is not a crime to obliterate a bicyclist if they're distracted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean you're right, you're not gonna go to jail for it, that's for sure. Uh yeah. No one's gonna catch you. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Kind, of, uh, kind of bleak. Kind of bleak. <laughs> My bad. Pull it back up. Move to Portland. Just kidding. Um, I was going to say, y'all are really fucking just, just creaming Portland all over well, the Well, it's, hmm. I mean, listen. Dude, shit's getting weird. It's Dude, getting bad. We, we've had a couple years here, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's like, like just, just to be fair, you really, really could. It was really like an extension of goth high schoolers going to an, a utopia for a very long time. Like this is where a lot of like goth thirty-year-olds came to retire, and there was a very, it was very super mellow, very mellow. And then all of a sudden, we were on the front page of every like right-wing news. We were just the center of attention for all the right and wrong reasons for a very long time. And then shit got fucking crazy. Yeah, we didn't handle attention very well. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't. And ever since then, it's been kind of a major shit show. Yeah. 
I think I think Austin kind of reflects. I mean, maybe not not that same, you know, not those same little elements there. But Austin, back in the day, you know, fifteen years ago, even twenty years ago, was this little special place of weirdness in Texas. And in recent years, like going there, I can't. It, it's just not the same. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But it's lost that touch to it. There's like little bits here and there, but I still enjoy the city for what it is, but it's never going to be what it was. It's uh, venture capitalist money infusing yep. tech companies. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. The- you know, everything gets ruined eventually. That's what happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's I my mean, motto. Like, that's, that's, what happened. that's what happened in my hometown. So. <laughs> Do you imagine having a campaign slogan that says everything gets ruined eventually <laughs> and winning the ticket? <laughs> yeah. I'm running for mayor of Portland. It's better than the fucking dumbass New York City mayor in this movie. Uh, oh, way to bring God. it back around. Yeah, thanks. Connecting the dots there. Yeah, good job. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Connecting My yes ending's getting better. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I I do love seeing. Uh, so like after all that happens, Mr. Green is able to get away, and he's smart enough to like. He's like, I think right as soon as Mr. Blue went out to go try to shoot the the hippie cop, who, by the way, it made me laugh when he jumped out of the train in the first place because, God, that fall looked hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, <laughs> fuck that. Mm-hmm. I would have been out after that. I wouldn't even be able to save the day. I would have like, <laughs> been like laying on the fucking ground for an hour. But he does manage to have a little gunfight there with Mr. Blue before he dies. And then Mr. Green gets away. And just before Garber, like, he gets out just, just right when Garber gets there. Garber goes down. That's when all that goes on. So Mr. Green, we see him in his apartment, and he does, like, a full-on full Scrooge McDuck situation <laughs> yes. where he just dies into his yes. cat. And listen, if we're going to assume that Mr. Green is Italian, I get it. That's <laughs> That scene makes a lot more sense. It does. It does. I understand. <laughs> I know. I thought I saw some tomato sauce on one of the, ca- on the pieces of cash, but it was his blood. It is just blood, and it's better than tomato sauce. <laughs> that's very, that's very goth of you. I hate the feel of money. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. It's like denim. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, it's cloth. Wait, what? Money's yeah, money's yeah. made of cloth. It's yeah. What the yeah. fuck is happening? No, right it's now? when you when you touch you it. That's know. why. That's one of the ways that they would check for counterfeits. Is if it feels too papery and too too stiff and soft, or too stiff. It's it's generally a counterfeit. I'm shattered right now. I you didn't know that. Having no. wor- having worked at bars forever, I mean, that's one of the ways. If we didn't feel right, we would test it. Well, I understand there's a certain consistency. I just I just assumed they had special like paper plants that Do were just us, like money. No, paper. no, no. Do any of us have currency on us right now? Josh, pull it out. I got a couple of ones on me. <laughs> nope. Like like George Costanza, my wallet is filled with receipts. <laughs> just fat ass wallet. I wonder which which one of us has the fattest wallet. Of just oh, there we go. Brady's got okay, some bills. Okay, so just so if you look at it, Brady, there's there's fibers in there. You can see it. Okay. And this is what solid six is. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> there's people you can't see staring at money you can't see. <laughs> It's a radio thing. We're learning yeah, as soon together. As got going with that, I was like, I'm just going to sit back this one. There's fibers in there, so it's made from cloth. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> on our on our offshoot textile podcast, we'll we'll get into what makes a cloth. Oh my god, what's happening? 
Daniel, oh, Daniel's going to have to edit the shit out of this. I That's know. what's going to happen. So, no. Daniel, I'm Honestly, so sorry. I'm keeping everything. I'm keeping <laughs> it all. No shit. I am the most sorry. <laughs> this is what it's like. <laughs> we were together. Just easily distracted. Tangents galore. Movie no, is, is movie is, is such about. a minor plot. <laughs> yeah, the movie is a very minor plot in this episode so far. It's just mostly been about like pegging and yeah, Bonnie and goth and Portland. Yes, it's good though because I don't know a lot about Portland to be honest. So it is good to hear from a couple of Portlanders, uh, Portlanders, 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 Portlanders. Oh, it's a uh, Portlanders. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No one wants to hear this. But you know what? For those of y'all that have made it an hour and some odd minutes, because I don't know how much I'm editing, hour and some odd minutes into the podcast, thank you. Thank you, y'all, too. Y'all are a couple of fucking weirdos, and I love you. Now it's, stop touching your wiener. It is the 12 um, listeners that we all have that come together for a magical, really is. For a magical 24 <laughs> listenership. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. You know what? But um, y'all are going to get that fucking mustachioed bump. So there's going to be two more next time y'all release an episode. Bump. <laughs> bump. Can so. we say that too? That you, we're going to give you a solid six bump? Yeah, you're going to give me that solid six bump. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. man. I'm, oh, yeah. I, I've been needing a couple of Portland. Oh, wait. What was it again? Portlanders. 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 A couple of Portlanders. Uh, I, I need that. I, I need a couple. Of, I need some people from the Pacific Northwest. I do have some friends out there, but uh, the more the merrier. You know, bring them on board. Um, sometimes they they know they know I'm from Texas. They think that you know I'm gonna be like. You may you may or may not get like a weird bump from Russia. We 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 have Ooh, an yeah. odd following in Russia, which is yeah, be, I care, have a be few careful. In Berlin, yeah, but not Russia. Yeah, so we'll, we'll bring you the Russians. <laughs> Tonight we we watch podcast. You know. we don't watch it. We listen, but we watch it in our minds. <laughs> I don't know if that's a Russian accent or not, but anyway, uh, I do like the entire scene. I love the the whole sequence where you have Jerry Stiller, you have Walter Matthau, and Jerry Stiller's in his cute little cop uniform, just looking fucking cute as a button. Mm-hmm. Just tearaway pants. Walter- in his tearaway pads, and Walter Matthau's just looking like fucking like he's sponsored by Heinz, and, <laughs> and they knock on that door. They eventually get to Mister Green, and I forget his real name, but it's probably something Combanzo or I'm so I'm kidding, I don't know. And so they get in, and there's like this whole little back and forth, and Mister Green's playing so, so like he's kind of just playing it so cool, like. I like the fact that earlier in the movie, he tells Mr. Blue, like, yeah, they they said that I was doing some kind of, like, drug peddling shit, helping drugs transport here and there. Ah, you know I wouldn't do that. What kind of jerk do you think I am? I would never do that. But it's very obvious he was definitely in on that shit. And so he knows his shit, and he's kind of playing them. He puts all his money in the fucking oven, <laughs> which mm-hmm. he's got a small New York apartment. What are you going to do? Where the fuck are you going to put it? And because it's paper, um, I was worried that it was going to burn up. But because it's cloth, oh, it's not going to burn Oh, especially, especially when Jerry Stiller's going over to light a cigarette on the burner. Oh, yeah, yeah. we tried to light it yeah, on yeah. the stove. Yeah. I was like, He's oh. like, let me help you there. It's a little tricky. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Clever. And then eventually, 
he's able he starts kind of raising hell a little bit he's like you know what i've been i work nights i'm a forklifter blah 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 and y'all are here bothering me get the fuck out of here if you don't got a warrant blah 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 he kicks them out but just before garber closes that door that cold comes up and he gives that big old fucking fat guy sneeze because <laughs> you know fat guys sneeze a little bit different than everyone else <laughs> That's right, fat guy. I'm talking to you. You know you do. Slobbering <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you. I love you, fat guy. <laughs> I think I think and this this highlights my favorite favorite part of the movie is when Walter Matthau opens the door back up and looks at him like a knowing landlord. Oh like, my like god, a knowing it's land- so good. Like, hmm. <laughs> I've never seen such a good gotcha bitch face. I know. (laughs) I know. Just the gotcha bitch face of Walter Matthau is fucking captivating. That guy can say a million words with one fucking soggy cornflake face. (laughs) (laughs) I love him so much. Anyway, that's the end of the movie. It goes in credits. Um, as you know, I do have a segment in this show uh, where I like to honor, you know, a character in the movie uh, with a little bit of a quick impression. And uh, this is a segment I like to call Quick Impressions. <laughs> <laughs> quick Impressions. Oh, come on! <laughs> if I've got to wash my language just because they let a couple of few broads in, I'm going to quit! How the hell can you run a goddamn railroad without swearing? Uh, thank you. That is a quick impression for you. I hope you enjoyed it. And if y'all happen to have a quick impression, uh, the guests here, uh, feel free to give one. Would y'all like to give a quick, imp- quick impression? You guys are looking at me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't remember what he said. Uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, they said there was a bomb threat. It was a cantaloupe. I can't do fucking do it. It was a cantaloupe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we I found like you honored a cantaloupe. <laughs> Raymond! I, I don't know. <laughs> Just say serenity now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Wrong guy. The man. Oh my God. The man's ear. <laughs> serenity I- now! There you go. All right, I've got the hippie cop. Okay. Don't worry, guys. I'm a cop. <laughs> Josh, please. I got nothing. You don't have anything? Not compared to you. You don't Do want to the, say- I, the I'm the third rail. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you just do an impression of metal? <laughs> well, I introduced myself. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm ca- I carry electricity. <laughs> hey, Daniel, has anyone ever done an impression of electrified metal before? No, Josh just broke a new record, dude. No one's done any kind of onomatopoeia sound. So you're the first one, baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So as you know, I like to rate these movies by my favorite mustaches. Don't play, pay attention. So... You have the full Fu Manchu recommendation for fuck yeah, this movie is the shit. You have the walrus mustache recommendation for this movie's pretty damn good you have the horseshoe mustache recommendation for not bad and you have the hitler mustache burn this movie in hell (laughs) brady what would you rate this movie with 
Well, thinking about it, I think the the script is super tight. Um, I actually that think is. that uh, something we haven't talked about was the use of widescreen was pretty interesting. Um, the shots in the control center were pretty well shot, actually. And when it switches to the subway, it's uh, gave it a nice claustrophobic feel. We've talked a little bit about the um, script being fairly straightforward, but then there's all sorts of clever ways to keep it fresh, which I, I think really is, uh, makes this movie, uh, it sets this movie apart. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm kind of torn, but I'm just going to say it's a walrus. Can you, let's take a quick second. Can you get the microphone closer to Drogo? Is he going to make that sound in the microphone? No. No, okay. He was, he was like doing like a weird dog purr. He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Allison, what would you, <laughs> what would you give this movie? <laughs> well, <laughs> as we heard your, as we heard your O sound. Jesus Christ. It is pretty accurate. Uh, let me think about it. Well, okay. I, I think that um, I think the acting is superb. I, I, I really love Walter Matthau. I, I recently, I had only ever really like known of him from Grumpy Old Men or what is it? What is that fucking? Mm-hmm. Odd Couple. And the Odd Couple, yeah. Most 90s kids, yeah. Yeah. Dennis and, the Menace. Yes, that's right. I forgot about Dennis the Menace. So watching him, and this is the second film I've watched where he's in his prime so to speak, where I don't know, but he's, Quote unquote. he's no, she's got sneer quotes right now. He's 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 been 75 for like 80 years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I I thought he was superb. Robert Shaw is obviously outstanding. Um, I really, really I I kind of fell in love with all of our characters, even even the stuttering Mr. Brown. <laughs> but I you know, it moved quickly. I was on the edge of my couch with my can of wine, not noticing any continuity errors. I'm going to give it a Fu Manchu. Fuck yeah. Josh. Very good. Give it to me. Yeah. So um, kind of building on what Brady was talking about, I think that, as we mentioned earlier, New York City is the biggest character in this movie. Uh, I think the script is really solid. I think that uh, shooting, as was typical in like the mid-70s, uh, shooting on like a Panaflex camera to capture the sort of more naturalistic hues. So, like, recently we watched uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes on a Technicolor camera, and everything is just crackling. Whereas yeah. in the 70s, things were more muted, more realistic, because you're shooting on location, more naturalistic lights. More sweat. <clears throat> yeah, more sweat, less makeup, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So I think that capturing the city as it was it comes off, even though obviously this is a big production and, you know, it's, it's a major motion picture. Uh, I think the performances are all solid. Robert Shaw's being Robert Shaw, Walter Matthau's being Walter Matthau. Uh, all the colorful characters kind of popping in from like the sidelines really give this movie a lot of charm. And uh, although I would say that overall, you know, even though this was made in like the quote unquote golden age of terrorism, a lot of people like weren't exactly <laughs> used to these sorts of ideas. Like, oh, you're going to hijack. A, yeah, you're going to hijack a plane and then jump out the back. Or you're going to hijack, hijack, hijack a train and for a million bucks. I think that it the idea of it seemed fresher in the 70s than it does right now. Having said that, the whole movie is rather well constructed. Even if it's kind of low risk, I'm going to give it a walrus. I feel you. I feel you. Um, I personally absolutely 
love this movie. I want to watch it again. I want to make sure any friends of mine that have not seen this movie watch it. I am actually kind of picky with a lot of 70s movies. Um, and a lot of it, I do like the grittiness of it. And a lot of times I tend to fall in love with movies quite easily when they take place in New York. I love the feeling of New York. I love the people. I just love that energy that comes with it. And this movie perfectly captures it. You have a lot of stereotypical bullshit, but the movie knows what it's doing. It is doing that. It's owning that. Uh, just when you look at the credits, I love the color <laughs> balance, um, as you said. And the direction is just wonderful. The acting is great. There's not a bunch of like stupid lectures or anyone trying to give some stupid political statement. The themes in this movie are sort of under underneath the plot of what's going on. Nothing's kind of thrown at your face. You take with it with what you want. You know, whoever's watching this, you can take with what you want. You could honestly watch this movie and just see a good little hijacker movie, little crime movie with some decent dry comedy. That might just be all you take from it. And you'll still absolutely fucking love it. You could be an absolute film buff who just loves to break into a movie and see all the intricate little things into a film and absolutely love it as well. And because of that, I give it the full foo man. Fuck yeah. Yes. Recommendation. Nice. So I, <laughs> I've never done that before. So <laughs> thank you so much. I want to thank y'all so much for joining the Mustachio Podcast, yo. This has been a really fun fucking journey as I've gotten more <laughs> drunk off this whiskey. Yes. Um, I feel so close to y'all. I cannot wait to cuddle with y'all one day when I visit Portland and we all just hug each other on a mattress because that will happen. And I, I can't <laughs> wait. I think it's going to be a great time. I'm very warm and you will enjoy it. Um, I'll bring the Vaseline. Uh, do y'all have... <laughs> <laughs> do y'all have any plugs for the show uh whoever decides i mean even if y'all have other projects going on that might be different from just uh uh the solid six but feel free to plug your show please yeah we've got uh but probably by the time this episode drops uh allison will have the death becomes her episode that she's hosting um i'll be up next with a double feature about what uh sorry making our past um, and then we'll probably have some guests on there, people you're familiar with, Daniel. So uh, you Ooh. might want to check in there and be extra jealous. Yes. Also, if you know of any movies where people are throwing children through the air. Oh, that's important. That's a big project that we've been working on. We've been compiling a list of child throwing movies. We need to we need to also be very clear about this. It can't the, the child is not falling. The child is being physically tossed, tossed. or thrown by another character yes that's right so um i mean i hope y'all have kung pao in there already <laughs> we do not oh my god i didn't list. even yeah. fucking think of course enter the fist yes number yeah, 32 is yeah, on the list the putting it on yeah, now they throw that little baby right down that hill bye-bye oh, so, <laughs> so, like, so, oh, so, so cute bye-bye bye-bye <laughs> yeah it's so good <laughs> continue no man like that that's the thing we started that as a, as a drunken joke and now it's up to 32 movies yeah, so it's it's very, it's very important to it's uh, literally started my own podcast as a drunken joke and i'm still doing yes it, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> we understand you just never know brady you have you the magic know. key to that list so you have to put that on i will do so as y'all know you can find the fucking mustachio podcast here where you find it and you can 
you know, re- review it and rate it where you can. And and if you don't like it, you know, I'm very accessible. I literally am the one that does this, and you can reach out to me. And we can talk about it. I'm very open about it. Let me know what your criticisms are, and I'm sure we'll have a good time. And if you live close by, we can meet in person. They'll fuck you up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all so much. Solid six, man. Allison, Brady, Josh, thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Peace out, bitches. Fuck yeah. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios.